We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 33, the Bracing for Florence edition. I'm your host, Randy Luna. I'm Corey Taylor. And we're going to talk a lot about what's going on in the tropics in a little bit. But first, I need to apologize to Corey because it's quite dark in my studio today. I can't even see you over there. Well, I tell you, well, for those of you who don't know, I am slash was legally blind, and uh, I had LASIK surgery, and they couldn't quite take me all the way up to no glasses, but I got these these nice thin glasses now. But uh, what comes with that is you have uh, retinal tear issues. So today was my checkup, and they made my pupils look like footballs so everything's very very bright today (laughs) so i hope i can see the notes as we we go on this here but uh hey we had some uh nice rainfall from gordon we didn't but other places did yeah wasn't that something (laughs) i thought we were gonna get at least well you know originally the they didn't really know where this thing was going to go i mean we, we thought oh three to four inches and then they kept moving it kept moving it kept moving it and I I didn't even get a quarter inch out of this thing. Neither did I. I got right un, under quarter of an inch. Crazy. It was like places to the northwest had a stalled front. Mm-hmm. And then places, you know, uh, Springfield on east, they got rain from Gordon. We just kind of, you know, got nothing. What was left over, I guess. We got a bunch of drizzle, torrential drizzle. Torrent- yes, we had a lot of torrential drizzle. But uh, that doesn't add up much. Now, and I don't understand exactly what happened. It was like, I mean, some people may say it's the Branson Dome or something, but there was just that, that little slice uh, from like the border up kind of to Branson didn't get anything and everything else around. I mean, they, they popped those flash flood watches, new ones for like Nevada and West Central Missouri. Yeah, from that front. Maybe that front was pushing it away. It, it probably was. Well, I mean, there were some cool cloud pictures. I tried to get a couple of time lapses, but I mean, they weren't, really post-worthy, but right. they, they were kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, for some people, the drought has really, really, really let up. Uh, <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, even here, even we didn't, we, we missed out on this past rain, but, but our drought has eased significantly, actually, I think. I mean, uh, we'll look and see what's going on uh, this week, but I have a feeling that it's looking good heading into uh, September and, and autumn. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I mean, I mean, the last I checked, which was last week's, uh, they had, I think, uh, most of southwest Missouri was just in a moderate drought, not, you know, extreme or devastating. And uh, parts of northern Missouri like the, and the Kansas City area, they, they're still in an extreme drought. It's crazy. And they've gotten some rain this week up there, too. So we'll, we'll see what happens when that new graphic comes down on Thursday. Yeah, and, and we'll post it for everybody mm-hmm. so 
so uh, we'll we'll see if we can get uh, get something in here. This is it's dry, but we got cool temperatures. Gordon in that front gave us. I think the other day the high was what seventy. Is that all it was? I don't even know if it's seventy. I, it was pretty cool all day. Felt great. It did, and it feels great out there now. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sweating, so that's a good thing. Yeah, and finally some sunshine to dry everybody out. And this pattern is going to continue for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got, I mean, every day we're going to have sunshine. We've got these little fair weather cumulus clouds going on out there. Uh, they're harmless. Uh, the other day there was a big fair weather cumulus, and I thought, oh, my gosh, is it going to sprinkle? But no, there's a lot of dry air at the surface. So those things right in that mid-layer, lower to mid-layer there, just enough moisture to kind of get those clouds going, but they're the fun, fluffy clouds. And we're going to see that through at least next Sunday. Yeah, I'm not seeing any rain in the forecast. At uh, all. I, I wish we had a little bit, you know, something just to to say, hey, that drought's gone forever. But it's not. It's, it's, it's just uh, we're in a point to where we don't know. If we're gonna have a beautiful fall or not, and and a rain, a good rain every week would would make me think lean more towards more color. Mm-hmm. But uh, I hope August just didn't tease us, and then we get cut off. You know, right, right. We got. I mean, it's kind of. It's. I think it's a little early because we got, or some places got all this rain. We got the nice cool temperatures, and uh, you know, ragweed is like, oh, fall is here. You know, now it's gonna start coming out yeah. again. Um, but then we're going to kind of warm back up. I didn't really think we were going to stay down there. And every day, temperatures are going to moderate just a little bit. So we're going to get in the mid-80s, upper 80s by mm-hmm. the weekend. I'm not feeling a lot of 90s coming back. I don't know about you. Well, no. I mean, we're 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 to that point to where I think they're gone. We might flirt with an upper 80. Yeah, I mean it's it's not out of the question. I mean it's only September right now, so yeah, people need to remember that too. Yeah, we're we're still early, early on. We're it's still summer for how many days? <laughs> it is yeah. yeah until like twenty first, you know, another week and a half or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. So what we have had so far, we were just lucky, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's gonna come. It's making for some great sleeping weather. <laughs> it's selling on a lot of pumpkin spiced lattes. I'm sure. Uh yeah. I've been Those seeing cool posts. mornings. Yeah. Because it was downright chilly. 59 degrees a couple of those mornings. I mean, it was pretty chilly. And and some I mean, even 65 is chilly to me in the morning. And when I'm wanting to go swimming, you know, on the weekend, and we don't even make it to 70 degrees or 75 degrees. I still haven't closed my pool yet this year, and I don't plan on it for... I'm going to try to keep it up most of this month, if not into October. I don't know. For some reason, I just have this vision of you in the middle of winter going out and swimming in the pool. I I would love to. <laughs> I would, if I had a heated... Well, that's why I'm going to get a hot tub right next to the pool for the month. There months. you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... I guess the big story, let's just dive into these these tropics here. Right now, we have five systems in the Atlantic. Well, we've gone since June without anything. Without, yeah, without I mean, I mean, Gordon, they was kind of in the Gulf, but I mean, the actual track pattern of the, the development we've been talking about, five of them. Well, yesterday is on at the average most active day for hurricanes i read that uh september 10th is as more hurricanes are happening at that point in time through the past several years since records been 
you know, kept on kind of the average. Kind of. kind of like kind of like the third week of May is like peak right. tornado season or, or and something. And yesterday, the Earth was filled with tropical systems. It was it, they're pretty <laughs> to look at on the on the satellite. You know, they're, oh, yeah. they're kind of fascinating. Some are bigger than others. Uh huh. But uh, there, I find them very fascinating, actually. It's well, yeah. I mean, yesterday we had three hurricanes. Today we have two. I mean, Isaac, Isaac's kind of meandering down there. He was a hurricane, but he doesn't have a lot of. He's a small storm. Yeah, and and today is a tropical storm, which is, means sustained winds below seventy four miles an hour. And the projected path is to the west. He's way down there and going to go between the Dominican Republic and South America. So it looks like he's going to stay over open water. So I'm. I'm curious to see if if there's going to be any upper winds by the time it gets over there. That Caribbean yeah. water is pretty warm. Yeah, and that I definitely yes, I definitely want to say that the uh, National Hurricane Center has been watching something around the Yucatan Peninsula. It's been bubbling up down there for a couple of days. Yeah, and it's getting more organized because mm-hmm. today they said they had like a fifty percent chance of developing, and the text from it said uh, the. They need to watch in northeast Mexico and the coastlines of Texas and Louisiana. They well, need that's to watch interesting. it. Yeah, and uh, that could be something. I mean, that's kind of like almost not the Gordon path, but you know, coming out of the Gulf instead of coming out of the uh, Atlantic. Yeah, I mean, we have a chance, is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> maybe another maybe another chance. We have more of a chance from the Gulf storms than the, than the East Coast storms, and for sure the West Coast storms. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, <laughs> the, the West Coast storms are they just never going hit out there. anything. And speaking of West Coast storms, I mean, we had what was Tropical Storm Paul out in the Eastern Pacific, mm-hmm. and he's pretty much given up the ghost. It's yeah. today just a tropical depression. But Hawaii again, and this thing, Olivia, fortunately has is decreasing and has dropped below the hurricane. I mean, hur- uh, Hurricane Olivia was raging for a while. But, but it still packs a lot of rain, though. A lot of rain and wind. I think sustained winds, I looked, was uh, 65 miles an hour, which is tropical storm. And the path of that thing is right smack mm-hmm. over the island. So if you didn't get enough rain with Lane, uh, Olivia's going to be here tomorrow. And and I also read that the, uh, the Hawaiian Islands, the outer bands of Olivia, are now starting to affect the island. So lots of wind. You're going to get... Uh, it's approaching from the northwest, no, northeast, so the circulation, uh, you're going to get some strong northwest winds. Now, with Lane, Lane approached from the south, or eh, kind of the, yeah, the south, so you had uh, different wind structure at that point. You had southeast winds, so this is this is kind of a different situation, and Hawaii does not need any more rain. Oh, no. <laughs> not at all. Would you say 31 inches or something like that? Well, here? the... Yeah, uh, four, no, it was more, more than that. Really? Well, one side of the island had that much, and the other side only had an inch. So maybe, <laughs> Yeah, that's it right. It just depends on where it hits. Yeah, and I, I unfortunately, I think Olivia, is, because of the wind structure and the direction it's coming from, the, the, the side that got the inch is probably going to get a little bit more. Well, so. Lane just grazed them. Yeah, you know. and not went smack over right. them <laughs> like this one. So that's going on out there. Uh, another one is going back to the Atlantic. We've got uh, tropical... Store is it no hurricane? Where's my notes? I can't see a hurricane Helene. Now, Helene is way out there in the eastern Atlantic, and she's just going to kind of roam around a little bit and then take a hard right turn, um, and then c- completely miss us exactly what Florence was supposed to do last week. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I didn't see the track of Florence. That, the last very week. first track of Florence did not have him have her it 
hitting yes, the yeah. mainland. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we were talking about her a week ago almost. Uh-huh. So uh, then it kind of did a little loop-de-loop, and then they said, oh, it's getting close to Bermuda. And then then it went, it's going under Bermuda, and now that's going to hit the East Coast. So I thought, wow. Yeah, and I'm reading and seeing all over the the, the, the news stations that uh, South Carolina and I think North Carolina now started mandatory evacuations at noon today, and they switched the highways, so yep. everywhere's uh, headed out, not headed in. Uh, yes, and uh, I... I, I need to check again, but hurricane watches were posted for all the coasts of the Carolinas and maybe a little bit of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to check on that during the weather school. But, but regardless, this thing is raging. It was Category Four uh, last night, and this morning it went through what we call an eyewall replacement cycle. Uh, that's where uh, that happens in the most powerful storms. When you get Category Three up through Category Five, it's so intense in the middle that the eyewall gets so uh, thin, not thin, but small, then a secondary circulation starts outside of that, another eye wall, and the outside eye wall kind of chokes the inside eye wall. And while it's doing this recycle, it goes, the, the intensity goes down, and that's exactly what happened. It was Category 4, uh, it was Category 3 this morning, and this afternoon it is, re, it, that it, we're getting that structure again, it's it's vamping back up, and there's talk it may hit Category 5. Uh, I don't know. That's a It's a chance. There's it, a chance there. It'd have to reach uh, 154 miles an hour sustained, not gusts. Uh, we all know uh, w- when we see the max sustained wind, there's always higher gusts. So like with Olivia, we're talking max sustained winds of 65, but you're going to get higher gusts to 75 or 80 as that thing moves through. Simply nothing to sneeze at. No. So, yeah. Right now we have uh, a hurricane watch and a storm surge watch for the entire coast of North Carolina and most of the coast of South Carolina. Oh, they, yeah, that's a, that's the other thing. Yeah. That's the uh, there it's not just wind that is going to affect the, the east coast. It's going to be that storm surge and and uh not only the storm surge, but also freshwater flooding. They're going to get so much rain on top of the storm surge. So it, they just need to get out. Yeah, and I'm so afraid that this is going to be not necessarily a Harvey, but close to a Harvey. Because once this thing, I mean, it's barreling at, what, 16, 17 miles an hour, just right. But it's going to bump into land. It's going to bump into high pressure. And it's just going to stall, basically. And that's what we do not want, because that's what happened to Harvey in Texas. The odds are increasing that it will stall and meander over the coast for several days. Oh, no. And uh, I I saw that on some of the models yesterday. Mm -hmm. And... uh, even today, since then, it's even cre- the, the the chance of that has increased even more. Wow! So that's not good news. No, because I looked at the EC uh, European last night, and the GFS, and the Canadian, and the Icon. I mean, there's there's dozens of models out there, and they pretty much all said the same thing. The Nav Gym was kind of the outlier. The Nav Gym kind of kind of took it up to shore and then kind of went back out to sea. And that's that's just not the consensus. But the GFS was very interesting. Had the center going right up, kissing the shore, going back out to sea, and then slamming up. And I can't tell you what devastation this thing is going to cause. So if you are along the coasts, they're talking 
six to 12 feet of sur- storm surge. That's just storm surge mm-hmm. because hurricanes are basically, they're so strong, they're pushing the water on shore. That's what a storm surge is, if, if you don't know. Uh, the stronger the hurricane, the deep, deeper the pressure. Uh, it's usually the upper right quadrant. That's because of the counterclockwise circulation. That You're going to get the worst. So the, the, the absolute worst scenario would be that thing uh, hit at high tide. And I, I haven't looked. I'm, I'm not sure if it's high tide or whatever. But when you get 6 to 12 feet, and, and I heard on CNN also, they're talking some places could get 20 of storm surge. Oh, yeah. It's uh, nothing to uh, mess around with. It's, they tell you to get out. These, these, these uh, evacuations are, are mandatory yeah. along the coast. Yeah. It's very important right now. Uh, the latest data coming in says that uh, we'll be back to 140 mile an hour winds by tonight, probably. Okay, I'd say probably. Four. I'd say probably uh, maybe the next up hurricane update that comes down. We went down to 130 from we were mm-hmm. 140 earlier. Now we're 130. Probably be up to 140 yeah. again later on today. And uh, also, the storm is expected to increase in size. Oh no way! So. Several hundred miles out from that that center. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, and we're not kidding. If you if you live on the coastlines of North Carolina or South Carolina, just leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's can, nothing to see. You can come back. Nothing yeah. to prove. Yeah, and and I also heard like a lot of people. Uh, CNN's going out. The Weather Channel has been going out talking to people, and they're like, "No, I don't have any." You know, I'm not. I'm not going to leave. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I, I know if there was a tropical storm, something very minor like that. Yeah, I mean, I could. You know, it's not the smartest thing to do, but you know, it, it probably wouldn't be a mandatory. It'd probably be a voluntary. But this is a magnitude. Uh, I mean, it, I know we keep talking about it, but it's just, it's going to be devastating. So if you have family and friends out there, just please make sure that they leave. Yeah, and, I'm seeing uh, 30 inches of rain uh, possible, and that's not including storm surge. That's, yeah, that's freshwater flooding right there. That's uh, that's gonna take your your roads out and everything else. Yeah, but, that's two and a half feet of just oh, yeah. freshwater rain. Mm-hmm. And this thing is gonna go in. I I, th- I saw one model is it's gonna go in, but it's kind of stall like 30 miles in or or something like that. 50. I I forget. I'd have to look at it again. Everything's been kind of blurry today, so I'm trying to get my eyes back to normal. Widespread, 10 to 15 inches. Locally, if the Euro verifies, we're, they're, they're looking at 20 to 40 inches. To 40. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear Lord. Well, the top five mi- models are all in agreement that uh, that it, that we're looking at at least well catastrophic flooding for sure. Because they're saying that it looks like it is going to stall. Okay. So, well, and I know some people have asked, uh, are are we going to get affected by that? And that the answer to that is no, because of the the main flow pattern, the flow regime across the U.S. is from west to east. So this storm is going east to west, and it's just going to bump into the high. And models aren't quite sure what what's going to happen to it. I mean, it is going to decrease rapidly. I mean, I saw like in within a day or something, it's just going to completely lose its steam, go down to a tropical depression, but that's not going to stop the rain. But we really don't know what's going to happen in North Carolina and South Carolina because, I mean, I'm talking about with the freshwater flooding. Right. Because 
they've never had that much rain before. The North Carolina state rainfall record from a hurricane is 24 inches. <gasps> no. And that's from Hurricane Floyd in 1999. South Carolina's is 18.51 inches from Tropical Storm Jerry in 1995. So we'll see how their uh, infrastructure holds out mm-hmm. if they get that 30 inches of rain. You just don't ever know what's going to happen for sure. Yeah, this is something like they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. So they, they need to they need to do that. Shoot. And then we have <clears throat> then have poor Hawaii. And then we have this thing coming up. You know, here, here we are in the 70s and nothing. Yeah, tranquil weather outside and stuff. But, I mean, something that's going to keep us on our on our toes here in the next week or so is to watch that disturbance down there that we talked about near the Yucatan. I mean, it's not, it's, it doesn't have a circulation, so it's not named. But with each update from the National Hurricane Center, they are kind of upping it and upping it and upping up the chance that it could something so hey let's go back and talk about gordon a little bit Did okay you see the pictures of the cold air funnels oh yeah wasn't that cool those were amazing you know i and and these are sometimes associated with with tropical systems that come through you get these cold air funnels we had one in afton one in Venita, and one in tulsa and to me if you look at a map the, the tropical system didn't quite make it over that far but i guess i suppose it did uh, not so much the precipitation, but uh, they they it was definitely affecting. They had some cool clouds. We had some cool clouds, but we, I didn't see any cold air funnels. Uh-uh. No, and you know what I, I'm thinking? That kind of makes sense. I mean, the center of Gordon didn't come over, but we had some really cool radars that you could see the lower levels with Gordon. The precipitation was going from northeast to southwest, and that front that was stalled there had everything going from southwest to northeast. So you had these two different directions. It was going everywhere. Yeah. And that so that would be my explanation of maybe something yeah. going on there that you know, two two different completely diffluent flows that are opposite of each other. And these pictures were beautiful, these funnels, perfect funnels. Oh yeah. Uh they're nothing to be too afraid of they're really pretty i mean most people wouldn't know how to tell a difference i'm afraid but Mm -hmm. you know if it did touch down you'd be wanting to take cover just like a normal tornado it it probably wouldn't touch down exactly but yeah they're they're fun to take pictures of because because they're not created the same way in actual what we we would consider the tornado is not a supercell with an updraft and and you know lightning and hail and all that stuff but this is totally different this is cold pooling upstairs that happens to fall and when it falls in a particular place, if it can just find that right thermal and barometric area, then they'll just kind of start twisting. They're rather small, mm-hmm. and they rarely hit the ground. Oh, yeah. But it's possible if they do. So if you're out taking pictures of those cold air funnels, great. But just have a escape plan <laughs> in mind just in case. And, and talking about all those, uh, uh, those supercell thunderstorms, our weather school this week is about CAPE which is convective available potential energy, energy to spark those thunderstorms. So let's get to that. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed Our Weather School. The Storm Prediction Center has just forecasted the potential for severe thunderstorms this afternoon with very high CAPE values across the region. What's CAPE? 
tape or convective available potential energy is a measure of the amount of energy available for convection to occur. Cape is directly related to the maximum potential vertical speed within an updraft, thus higher values indicate a greater potential for severe weather. Cape is measured in joules per kilo. Observed values in thunderstorm environments often may exceed 1,000, and in extreme cases may exceed 5,000. However, as with other indices or indicators, there are no threshold values above which severe weather becomes. There are different types of CAPE us weather guys use in order to see the volatility of the atmosphere. Now, before we get into explanations of CAPE, let's define some terminology we'll use in these descriptions. We measure distance in the atmosphere by millibars, or pressure. Due to gravity, the greatest pressure is at the surface, and it will decrease as we go upward. For a general reference, a thousand millibars is basically the surface pressure, and a hundred millibars, which is much less pressure, would be near the top of the atmosphere. So basically, the greater the number, the closer to the Earth's surface we are. Weather balloons and radiosondes record information from the surface to the top of the atmosphere. We look at slices of certain increments like 850 millibars, 700 millibars, 500 millibars, 200 millibars, and 100 millibars to see what's going on in those regions. Then we can determine what's going on in the whole column, like CAPE. Let's just talk about the three main types right now. There's SB CAPE, or surface-based CAPE, and that's essentially the amount of energy available at the surface. ML CAPE, or mean layer CAPE, is most commonly used to assess instability during the part of the day when the atmosphere is well mixed, like in the afternoon and it may provide a more realistic picture of daytime instability than the surface-based cape, as it will typically look at the temperature and the moisture conditions in the lowest 100 millibars of the MU cape, or most unstable cape, is most commonly used to assess elevated instability and is useful in forecasting nocturnal thunderstorms when a low-level inversion might be present. It can also be useful in forecasting thunderstorms that might occur out ahead of a warm front where low-level inversion. Although there are different algorithms to calculate it, MU-CAPE typically is found by lifting every layer in the lowest 300 millibars of the atmosphere and finding the CAPE for each of those layers. The layer that produces the highest CAPE value is the most unstable, or MU-CAPE. Now, I know all that sounds rather geeky, so let me give you an explanation in layman's terms. I focus heavily on the SB cape, or surface base, when looking at the maps because it gives me a good idea of where the energy is at the surface. Let's say you have a pot of water with a lid on it, and it's sitting on the stove. While the heat is off, the water in the pot is stable. However... When you turn the heat on, then things start changing inside the pot. 
the water heats up and converts some of the water into steam and the pressure starts building. Translated to the atmosphere, this is energy or cape. The amount of energy depends on how high the burner is on. So if it's on low, then that would be like a 500 cape. Medium would be more like 1 to 2,000 cape. And on high would be 3,000 or higher. I've seen cape as high as 7,000 before. So since the lid is on, it's keeping all the energy inside the pot. The lid on the pot is what we call sin or convective inhibition. You've heard of a cap in the atmosphere? Well, that's the lid on the pot. The lid is preventing the warm air or the steam from escaping. Thunderstorms can't develop when there's a cap because it prevents air from rising and you need rising air to create convection. We've all heard the phrase, if the cap can break, then severe... To explain this concept, let's go back to the stove with the pot of boiling water and the lid on it. Now, imagine if you grab the lid and quickly remove it from the pot. What do you see? You'll see the pressure releasing and steam rapidly rising up in the air. Essentially, this is what happens when the cap is broken. The warm and moist air at the surface breaks through that cap and shoots way up in the atmosphere. It quickly condenses and creates The explosion of this warm and moist air shooting upwards is what we call a robust updraft. Now, when the sun sets, we lose daytime heating, or, in essence, we turn the burner off of the stove. When we do that, the water in the pot begins to stabilize and calm down, and we can equate that to the surface air cooling. The robust updrafting slows down and stops, and the thunderstorm begins to collapse. This is why thunderstorms generally rain themselves out around sunset as they start to lose the daytime heating. They start losing their energy source. There are several other factors in determining if severe weather could occur, but looking at CAPE is a great way to start. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. So that's the best way I know to explain energy and with the pot on the stove. How about that? <laughs> it's a good way. Well, it's time for the uh, This Week in Weather History. So, Corey, what you got? This week in 1977. What were you doing in 1977? I was, well, I was in, I was in high school. <laughs> what were you doing? I uh, was sucking my thumb. I was 11 months old. Oh. Uh, thunderstorms uh, hit the Kansas City area pretty hard with torrential rains in the in the early morning hours, and then again that evening, uh, some places got hit with more than uh, six inches of rain twice in one day. Twice? Can you imagine that? Six inches of rain in the morning, and then another six inches of rain in the evening. Two oh different storms. Oh my gosh. Wow. Some That's received intense. up to 18 inches of rain. 
That's what they got in Independence, Missouri. 18 inches? 18 wow. inches in, in a day. Unfortunately, that's going to cause flooding, and flooding did claim the lives of the lives of 25 people that day. Ooh. One of the hardest areas to hit uh, was the Country Club Plaza. Have you ever been up there, the plaza? It's a, it's a really nice place, huh. nice area, big shopping center now. Oh, okay. 2,000 vehicles had to be towed during the storm. Wow. 2,000. And 150 had to be pulled out of the creek that runs through the plaza. <laughs> so Now, that's downtown? That's uh, It's not downtown. It's close, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, 18 inches. I mean, that's a foot and a half of water. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, and 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 we always say flooding is the number one killer. I wonder if any of that affected us, if we got any of that coming. You know, that's, we're not too far from Kansas City. No, not. Depends on how, what kind of a system it was, I guess. Well, if it, I mean, it'd have to be diving south, I think. Right. But Independence, that's north of Kansas City a little bit. But still, when you, I mean, Springfield. But something big had to have caused that to be 18 inches of rain. We had to have, yeah. it had to be a major system. Uh huh. So I didn't know how widespread that system was, if we got anything or what. We'll have to research. You that. don't remember that day? No. Huh. No. I was I was learning jazz at that point oh, yeah. in high school. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, because when Springfield gets six inches, uh, it they're almost paralyzed. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the the problem with Springfield is these roads, and I people can attest to that. They're not. Some of them are not built flood friendly (laughs) oh no when you get to 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 chestnut and national they've had issues with that forever and just ponding and they've had to close the roads i mean there's just you know scenic i think is another one i mean down here in branson i mean we have so many hills all we get is little ponding on the water and then the creeks fill up and then we have all these low water crossings that we can't cross exactly of course those are all over the ozarks there's hundreds of those so yeah Well, it's time for our next segment. It's the weather word of the week. And this week's Stormdar weather weather word of the week is... Stratified. Uh Uh-huh. That's how I like my chicken fried steak. Stratified? (laughs) (laughs) Just just sounds uh, pretty tasty. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, chicken fried, stratified. It's kind of it's like a country song. That's I'm a commercial there. right there, I think. Yeah, we're working on something there. Okay. Anyway, Stay what tuned. does stratified mean? Well, that's when that's an arrangement and a sequence of layers. Yes. Stratocumulus clouds are stratified cumulus clouds or cumulus clouds that are in rows. Yeah, we had that yesterday. We did. I, I almost took a picture of it because I was thought it I thought it was cool because a cumulus cloud is just a little, you know, the fluffy cotton balls that's out there. But sometimes you get get uh, something in the atmosphere that causes them to be in rows and they were in different rows, which are really cool. They were stratified. How about that? How about that? Yeah, so I need to get 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 to your uh, recipe for stratified chicken. Mm, that sounds good. good. That would work. <laughs> so you, I must tell people, you saw a woolly woolly worm the other day. Uh, yeah, it was a tiny thing too, but it was definitely a woolly worm. Yeah, not that it matters, but uh, no. some folk here in the Ozarks say, "Ooh, how many woolly worms you see is a is is an indication of how bad the winter is going to be." Uh-huh. Right. Eh. Well. That, that's a myth. <laughs> There's several things we're gonna. I think we should really rehash that weather myths, winter weather myths yeah, thing we here. Yeah, that. that was fun. Next month or something. That was fun. 
Yeah. So I, I guess the cold snap or something that may have brought the the woolly worms or something something else. I mean, we're gonna we're we're gonna do what what we do every year. We're gonna you know check the woolly worms, check the persimmon seeds, do all this kind of stuff, and we're gonna. Talk well, see, to this them. woolly worm was eating a persimmon seed. So I didn't. I, oh, I just, really? And this made me think. Wow. That we're in for it this year. Oh man! Send the word out quick. Yeah. <laughs> Call the hypers. Oh yes. I don't think I want to talk about winter just yet. No, so. no, no. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. Florence, if you're on the East Coast, get out, please. And we will keep... Uh, the, the weather's so tranquil here, we're going to keep giving the, the Branson area forecast, but we need to focus on Olivia and Florence. So uh, just stay tuned to our Facebook page. So, Corey, you got anything else? I'm out. All right, well, let's wrap this thing up. Okay, be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather, like our page, and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.